I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill. Glad to welcome my old buddy, I'm sorry, long-time buddy, Guard Dog Steve. Yeah, let's get that straight there, Bill. Young <laughs> friend, young, long-time friend. Your young, long-time friend, Bill. That's Everly that's, looking younger. Yes. Guard Dog Steve. Right. Amen, man. Good to be, be here. I'm looking forward to what the Spirit says today. I'm... Reminded of a verse in Isaiah 40 about even young men or even old men exchange their strength. Yeah, I am still working out of the elderly man mind. (laughs) (laughs) But let's see, today is is a good day, Steve. We got a couple shout outs to do. All right. From some of the guard dogs out there. Amen. They deserve them. Yeah, they do. There's a there's a lot of them, and it's growing and growing, and they're writing really thought-provoking. Posted. Yeah. Just, they bless you, provoke you to think. Pavel always puts out a really good question that makes you go, hmm. Yeah. That's it. Today, we also are going to go back and have a redneck Greek word study. Uh-oh. And a first... We're going to actually try a Hebrew, redneck Hebrew study. Okay. That's a a first for the Guardians of Grace. Let's see. Last week, Guard Dog Steve, we were talking about the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Maybe you can review that. What the sin of the world was. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Last week we were podcasting and we... John one twenty nine. Yeah, we we brought out the fact that it's not sins plural, that it's the sin, and then we went into a little bit of study about what the sin means, and that it's a actually a singular personified entity that actually wages war in your members and makes you a prisoner of the sin that's in the flesh and it conquers your human effort but the spirit puts it to death and causes it to be dormant amen and we kind of looked into the thought that the sin is actually the lie that was thought by adam that although god did say 
we were created in his image, and that's absolutely true. But the lie came in and said, if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and some translations say of both good and evil, because he was created and knew good, that's all he knew was good. But the evil idea came about through the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and it was based on a lie that you could be good in and of your own strength. But the truth is, our goodness comes from a dependence upon God, the I Am. That's his name. It says the I Am showed up, and then it says the I Am Elohim, which is plural. So the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit showed up in the garden after the fall, after the thrown down cosmos, to give us this plan of restoration. That once again, we would, God would take away this life of, of striving and trying in your own strength to be like God and once again restore us to the place that we are like God, created in his image, but now we can live this life that's totally dependent upon the Spirit. And what a difference that is, Steve, isn't it? Yes, it is. It sure has a lot less burden to it. The idea that we were under the law or Israel was for 2,000 years, and how badly they were burdened by the law, it crushed them. They never could handle those 613 commands. No, and it's so sad because I lived a large portion of my Christian experience or Christian life with the same striving to do the good things, living really living by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the as I said before, I had the list of things I can't do but want to do and another list of things that I should do but don't particularly care to do. And that was my Christian life and didn't work out that well. It did not work out that well. It worked For me, it worked just like Paul said. I ended up going, there is nothing good in my human performance. The wishing to do good is there, but performing good in my strength, I, I just, I give up. I give up. I mean, you literally want to lay down and give up. You just you do, get and it's so what done. Makes it so awesome that John the Baptist said, Behold, look, the Lamb of God that's going to destroy that life and give us this new life. And this new life is based on this concept that's in the Old Covenant and it's in the New Covenant. It's all over the New Covenant. It is the New Covenant. It's all over the Old Covenant, too. Turns out it is. One that comes to mind is Isaiah 40. Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings of eagles, kind of a picture of the Holy Spirit. They shall run and not grow weary. I've heard it said, and kind of looked it up, too, it can mean those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You could actually say exchange their strength. Should say that. It actually is. Yeah. Exchange their, exchange their strength. I tried to combine exchange yeah, and yeah, strength. Yeah, that was easy for you to say. <laughs> exchange their strength, which really they're exchanging their weakness for his strength. Isn't that what Paul said? I'll gladly boast in my weakness so that the strength of the Lord would rest on me. That's exactly what he said. 
I wanted to give a, a shout out. We had a couple of the honorary guard dogs text me and one talk to on the phone. Mike Kellenberger and Kyle Dean. Amen. Both. Apparently, there's a lot of the that idea of waiting on the Lord in the Old Covenant. It's about 25 that we could get to. We won't get to all of them. We'll try and pick out a few ones. Examples. That, yeah. But it's, you're right, Steve. It's all over. It's in the prophets. It's in the Psalms. It's in the Proverbs. And it's replete. Our <laughs> dog sees up on me one word with power words. The scripture is replete. <laughs> so let's see. Do you want to let's go ahead and maybe read Isaiah forty thirty one? You might know it. I think everyone's familiar with it. Okay. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength or exchange their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Okay. And let me give you the, this is our first ever redneck Hebrew study. Okay. So so I'm going to give you the word for wait. Okay, and that's what we're doing the podcast on, the idea of waiting for God's power instead of jumping ahead like Abraham and Sarah did and do their own thing for God. That was a classic, not waiting. Right. They, They said, have sex with the maid and we'll have a child. And that way we helped God out because God's not coming through with a child and we're tired of waiting. Even though they were given a promise, and it turns out it was much more than a promise. It was sworn with an oath. It was a cohortative purpose of God, meaning it was going to happen. It was a covenant made. They split the, the animals open and made a covenant. That God had to keep. Yeah. Abraham slept through it, but God made the covenant with himself. And Abraham was a picture of rest in the covenant right. actually he was waiting, waiting. <laughs> <laughs> amen so i think the hebrew word for wait is hebrew strong's word h6960 and it's the word kava and it means to bind together perhaps by twisting or braiding to expect figuratively it's to expect so you get this this word to wait actually means to bind together, to combine. To intertwine. To intertwine. intertwine your thread with the thread of God to where it all becomes one piece of cloth. You and the God, you and God are so joined together that you're intertwined. He permeates your body and works with your body once he's permeated your body and does for you what you can't do for yourself. It's like when Paul said, hey, wives submit to your husbands and husbands love your wives. It says for this, Paul said, for this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife and the two become one flesh I'm telling you a mystery, but I'm speaking about Christ in the church. 
the Christ in us become one flesh, God in us, the hope of glory, lives out the will of God through Jesus being one flesh with us. That's exactly it. He who's joined to the Lord is one spirit, intertwined spirit. Amen. Say that again. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. That's a Bible verse. Yes, one with... (laughs) (laughs) Never underestimate the perceptive powers of guard dog seed. Yes. So so we, we contribute and God contributes and we the two are entwined together with and by the way Isaiah 40 is the uh, Yahweh word it's the I am our strength mm-hmm. and it's we combine it with the we are weakness <laughs> <laughs> yes so we combine our weakness and intertwine it in God's strength and guess what we come out with strong strong cloth we come out with what the Christian is supposed to be a weak earthen vessel completely dependent upon the strength of God. And it's the same idea as gets illustrated by baptism. We are dipped. Baptism, actually, babto and baptizo are two Greek words that come out of cookbooks. They're for dipping the pickle in the pickle juice till it has the flavor of a pickle. In other words, you dye the cloth and the dye gets intertwined and mixes with the cloth until a white piece of cloth becomes a blue piece of cloth. Blue and blue all the way through. Blue. Amen. Same picture. God's been giving us this picture of our hypostatic union <laughs> of our union with him over and over and over and over again. And we'll see it some more for what it is. That way you get rooted in this mental image that you have. And the mental image begins to stick and becomes part of you, yep. your being. That's exactly right. So we have the weakness of the we are. Mm-hmm. combined with the strength of the I am, and it comes out. Let me just read the Isaiah 40, but they that wait, or as we know now, intertwine their strength with the Lord, braid it together with the I am, our weakness braided together with his strength, shall renew their strength. I see the new creation in there. Yes. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, that's a picture of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Amen. They shall run, but not get tired. They shall walk, walking in the Spirit, without fainting. That's a pretty good exchange. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. And that's why this word wait, let me just read a couple of them. For him, for instance here, Isaiah 25, 9. And it shall be said in that day, lo, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord, the I Am. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his deliverance. Isn't that what it said? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
and we did on a previous podcast that word salvation in Hebrew is Yeshua. Yeshua. Yeah. He will deliver us. Yes. Awesome. And that's in the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, we're beginning to get a glimpse of the Christian life. They're beginning to act like Christians. They're waiting on the Lord to exchange their strength. Yes. For the Lord to manifest himself. Exchange your strength means the Lord is manifesting himself through you. Let me just say it lightly. Yeah, let me jump over to the New Testament a minute. Okay. This is in the Sermon on the Mount, starting in Matthew 6.22. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Okay, but, if, but if thine eye be evil, the whole body be darkness. How great is that evil? So single the, single means uh, is the Greek word. Single is the Greek word we're going to focus on. Yeah. But now we have the knowledge of good and evil yes. in, in this passage, right? Yes. Which was the sin of the world that mm-hmm. he came to take away. Mm-hmm. This is how he does it. Yeah. If thy eye is single, pleco, listen to what this word means, to twine or to braid together. Doesn't that sound like our word for weight? Yes. To yes. twine together? It's exactly the same definition. It, it really comes out more in the original languages, what they're trying to say to be baptized into the strength of the Lord instead of using your strength. Exactly. So it says, he follows that up, if thy eyes be evil, the whole body is full of darkness. But if your eye be light, the whole body is full of light. And if it is therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? If the light in thee is darkness, how great is that darkness? If, if it's masquerading as darkness? or Yeah, I get the idea that if the light that's in you turns out to be darkness, then you're living in the strength of, of yourself. Flesh. And yes. he says, if you think this is the way, how great is that error yeah. you're right. making? Right. If the light is in you, if the eye in you is human, how dark does it get? Because the human eye just can't achieve the standards that God can. It gives hope in its own strength. Yes. That's why Isaiah said, Man, even young men grow weary. Right. Even marathon runners have a point where they just are exhausted. Yes. But when we exchange strength, we run and never grow tired. Limitless strength. We just run back to back to back marathons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like the prophet who ran past the chariots and ran for, what, 40 miles? Yeah, he obviously wasn't running in his strength. No, they show us types and shadows of what is being talked about constantly. If there's an idea being mentioned in the Old Testament, there's usually a type and shadow to illustrate that idea. And then it becomes apparent when you get into the New Testament and the epistles and books of Acts and things like that. It, it, 
just becomes obvious. The Old Testament, not so obvious. New Testament, obvious. As obvious as the day is long. And so the Old Testament concept of waiting on the Lord or exchanging strength or intertwining intertwining together with his strength and the New Testament having a single eye, meaning focusing on the strength that is in the Lord, I think the single eye is relying on the Spirit. It says that the person with that single eye, the person that waits on the Lord and the person with the single eye are the same thing. Old Testament, it's called waiting on the Lord. Jesus calls it us having a single eye or a a focus on the Spirit or a dependence on the Spirit mean the same thing. A confidence in the Spirit. Yes. It's almost like when James says you're double-minded. That was a term that had never been seen before in the Greek language till the Christians termed it and it called double-minded, having the mind of the flesh and the mind of the spirit. Let not that man think he'll receive anything from God. Because Don't let him. That would be a big favor to him to, to not think that what he's doing in his own strength is getting him anything from God. But the single Single-minded. Eye, right. Not double-minded. Single-minded. Exactly. Our dog Steve, there's a couple passages where Jesus talks about light and darkness. And one is is illustrates this point pretty makes it illustrative. Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> it's, it's tied up power <laughs> words. The woman caught in adultery. Mm-hmm. I think the woman caught in adultery is just a picture of the world. Adam in, mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. The thrown down cosmos. Thrown down cosmos. So the woman is caught in the very act of adultery. And the Pharisees that bring her in, they say, Moses said, stoner, what do you say? It was one of those trap questions to see if he was going to contradict Moses. And he doesn't. Masterfully, he goes right past that and says, let him who is without the sin cast the first stone. A brilliant answer, and no no stones were cast. That and they all it says they all walked out, starting with the oldest to the youngest, the ones that had the, the most reference to. I I don't think I can throw a stone here. <laughs> they were the first one to get it. The younger ones kind of said, uh, oh, "Yeah, okay," and they left too. But all the time that they're leaving, and the condemnation is in the atmosphere. The single eye of Jesus is looking down and not looking at her because he doesn't want to her to be for her to pick up on the focus of Jesus as having anything to do with the condemnation that's in the atmosphere. So he stoops down and writes on the ground, and then when there all the condemnation is gone and there's no condemnation, Jesus said, Woman, where are your accusers? And by the way, woman is not a derogatory term that he uses. No, it's not. Jesus called his own mother woman. It's a term filled with respect. Yeah, it is. So he says, woman, where are your accusers? Rightfully to her. Mm -hmm. And she says, nowhere. There's none left. Then he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin 
no more. Now, why would he say go and sin no more in the weakness of her flesh? That would be fruitless. Wouldn't work. Notice that he now looks at her with the single eye, which is full of light. It's the light of no condemnation. It's the light of of he's my life. So he says, go and sin no more. Now, why would he say go and sin no more when he knows she doesn't have the strength to not sin anymore? What does he say? His next sentence says, I am the light of the cosmos, of of the world. The one who follows my sayings, no condemnation, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Doesn't that mean the same thing? Will not have a darkened eye. Will not have the darkened eye, but the whole body shall be full of light. So he's telling her, I'm the light of the world. If you want your body full of light, exchange strength, have the single eye, which means braided together with his strength. See how that works? Mm -hmm. And it's so overlooked in the English language. No, it's looked at as, well, I'll just tell you how I looked at it. Wow, I could have got stoned there. I got a second chance. Don't do that again. I hope you learned your lesson, Bill. Don't do that again. Whether I learned my lesson or not, is not relevant. But, of course, I learned the lesson, but I had no ability to not do anything. This this was adultery, but Mm -hmm. name any sin Mm -hmm. that you want. Right. It's not like... You got a second chance. The God of second chance, it, it needs to be the God of a thousand chances mm-hmm. for me. And right. eventually I'd get to 999 and start sweating. Yeah. But I wanted you to see, Guard Dog Steve, which you did, that Jesus is saying the same thing. The single eye and exchanging strength, how God takes away the sin of the world. Remember, the sin of the world happen to be, I can be like God, I can do good in and of myself. You can't take away your own sins, though. You can, in the Psalms, it says, who has ever cleansed his own hands? You can't do it in your own human strength. It takes the spirit of God within you to cause you to be cleanable, to get clean. I mean, isn't that what it said in 1 John? It says, you know that he appeared in order to take away sin and in him is no sin. So the adulteress has to abide in him where there is no sin if she doesn't want to sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has either seen him or know him. Little children, let no one deceive you. The one who practices righteous is righteous just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil. The devil's been sinning from the beginning. The son of God appeared in us to destroy the works of the devil. It's the son of God in us that when he's intertwined with us, we are living a sinless, perfect life. We can feel good about ourselves. We're living the life that we've always dreamed of. We're living the life that Guardians of Grace is all about. 
living that exemplary Christian life. And the way to do it is use the Spirit's power to live the life that you always wanted to live. That's what Guardians of Grace is about. Amen. It's the I am doing it, what our I am not can't Right, right. We're exchanging his strength for our weakness. Yes. We're intertwining our weakness with his strength. Mm -hmm. That's why in Romans 12 it says, I beseech you, brothers, through the mercies of God, present yourself as a living sacrifice because you can't put to death the deeds of the body. You can't put to death the deeds of the old man. If by the spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will reap a quality of life that you've always dreamt about for yourself. By the spirit. By the spirit's power. It's all about that. And that's why it's saying the same thing over and over and over, even in the Old Testament. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength or exchange their strength. Or as we just learned, and it's I'm just reading the Hebrew definition, to twine together, to braid together their strength, it, our it, weakness with his strength. It's literally shall exchange their imperfections for his perfection. They called it the single eye. And if you have the single eye, your whole body is light. And it's the same definition to braid together. Mm-hmm. If what you see is braided together with what he does, your whole body is full of light. Yes. Full of hope. I, I like that <clears throat> comparison we did a couple podcasts ago. The way you did your last podcast when the law was read, when Joshua read the law and told the people they had to keep it and they said, what did they say? We will. Yeah, we we'll will. be strong. Right. We'll keep it. And he said, you won't. But they affirmatively said they would keep it. They were naive. And then when the law was read again in Nehemiah 8, a totally different reaction. Because this came after years and years of not of showing the futility of trying to keep the law of all the curses that he said, if you don't keep this law, you're going to lose your land. You're going to get sick. You're going to get routed by armies. No, no, we'll keep it. And they had experienced famine. They'd been kicked out of the land. They were invaded by foreign armies. All the curses that happened to them. Then in Nehemiah, the whole law is read again. And they said, amen, amen. This is so true. Then he, then they put their heads down to the ground and we're crying and sad. And he says, don't celebrate. This is a day of celebration. And you're like, why? We're going to fail again. But he says, for the joy of the I am, I'm paraphrasing, is your strength. The joy of the I am is exchanging your strength with his strength. The I am for your I am not. And he said, rejoice in this. It was a celebration day, wasn't it? It, it was a turning point. He, he was saying, once again, depend on the Lord to get this done. And it was just a little foreshadow of the, the new covenant was yeah. coming. Because the new covenant, as opposed to the old covenant, is the covenant of exchanging your weakness for his strength or depending on the spirit. I think it's a time for a Galatians 
three. Are you so? (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready? Yes. Oh, you foolish Galatians. After having begun with the spirit, are you now trying to attain the goal by human effort? That felt good. It's been a long time since I said that, huh? Foolish Galatians, are you trying to attain the goal by human effort? Are you trying to use your strength, which is actually weakness, instead of waiting on the Lord? Exchanging strength. We don't mean wait on the couch. We don't mean wait and take take a two-month break. We, We never did that. We never did mean that. You're still sowing your seed in the morning and being diligent at night, never knowing if your morning or evening efforts will be blessed. You don't know when you're going to exchange strength, but you are always dependent on that strength that only God can provide. This is something I did not get in the beginning of my Christian journey. I was told to rededicate and commit, get back on track, repent. They used all those words in relation to verbs that they were picking out. And I was constantly being told a a new verb to do and that I didn't measure up. And no joke, you don't measure up because the standard is perfection. Unless you do the verb perfectly, You did not measure up, so you can always have the guilt trip laid on you. And I got guilt tripped for most of my Christian life. It's still more guilt trip than more than grace. Uh, The grace hasn't caught up to the how much guilt was laid on me for not being the model Christian. Very predictable, actually. Because you're given a new verb that you don't have the strength to do. And you were told to quit doing a certain sin that you didn't have the strength to do. Yes. But you were never told exchange your strength or exchange your weakness for his strength. I never one time heard the pastor get up there and say, this is my way of life in Christ Jesus that I teach everywhere in every church, like Paul said. Paul said, this is the message. Christ has come back down from heaven to reside in you. I'll put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in an exemplary fashion, to be the model Christian that you want to be. It was all about the credit going to the spirit and This is something we're going to have to pound this year about give the spirit credit for what it does through you. We haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg on how important it is to speak and act as those will be judged by the perfect law that gives freedom to practice the truth. The truth of the matter is it's not you doing these wonderful things. It's the spirit of God in you doing these wonderful things. And we have to learn to be a people that acknowledges that it's the spirit of God doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. Let me just say something about that. Cause that gets, that gets turned into a work sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
thanking God, thanking God for everything, be thankful in everything. And it's not that God is so insecure that he needs to be thanked for everything. The thanking benefits us. Us. Because we're reminded that we depend. We depend on him even for the little things. Yes. And if we're mindful of the little things, when the huge things comes along, we don't wig out. Yes. We go like David. You were there when a bear attacked me. You were there when when a lion lion attacked me. Now I'm going to face this giant. I got this because he's You've going got to, this. because he has this. He's going to exchange his strength. Yes. Decapitate the giant. And the spirit is what decapitates the giant, the sin guy. The giant in your life, whatever you're struggling with, turn it over to the spirit and let him do the battle. Doesn't it say the battle belongs to the Lord? Oh, oh, yeah, I guess it does. The battle belongs to the Lord. Let him battle for you. That's why I like the compliment or the, the post that we've been getting. The post like wait on the Lord that, that came in this week. Who, who did those? Mike Kellenberger? Mike Kellenberger sent, sent some really good ones in and Kyle D. Those are two awesome saints, brothers. just yes. saints. Talk about walking exemplary life. Uh, Daniel Prairie, he's always reminded me of these things, of living by the Spirit. So it's awesome. But I'd like to see a lot more of that. Can you maybe help us out how to get there? Yeah, I would like to see us grow a lot more and spread this word out a lot more. It's doing real well. Everybody's hitting the share button and things are happening I'm just so impatient. I want them to happen more and faster. I, I want them to wait on the Lord. I got to wait on the Lord because I want the message about waiting on the Lord to grow exponentially. And I can't get it to grow. I have to wait on the Lord to work through each and every one of you who are listening to this podcast to share with other people and get more people involved, just spread the euangelion, spread the good news, the gospel. We've set as a goal to reach millions and millions of people with the gospel of grace. And I know that's impossible. With man. With man. It's possible with God. I believe it's possible with God. So it's not an unrealistic goal. No. I believe it's going to happen. And just comes by hitting the share button, really. comes down to one simple task. Just hitting the share button with as many people as you know to hit the share button with. That's the place to start. Yeah. But we, we're thankful for all of you that have been hitting the share button because it has been yes, thank hit. You. And it's getting hit more and more often and... The ministry is really turning into a thing of beauty, and the Facebook page is just turning into a family, a community. People are really getting to know each other. They're bonding. It's a good thing. It's body life. That is true. I feel like I I know some of these people, and I haven't even met some of them. But it feels just like you know them. Like old friends. Yes, because in the spirit, we are old friends. So I hope this podcast gives you something to think about. I actually pray that you take root 
in the realities that those scriptures that we looked at pointed out because it was scriptures that were making these points. It wasn't Stephen Bill. It's, it's, it's the scriptures that told you about waiting on the Lord and exchanging your strength with his and letting him shine through you. Psalm 25, Psalm 27, Psalm 69, Proverbs 20, Isaiah 5, Isaiah 8, Isaiah 25, Isaiah 33, Isaiah 40, the famous one. There's another page I could just keep reading. Right, right. All saying, wait on the Lord. All saying, wait on the Lord. Exchange your strength. For now, we will say the same thing Paul said at the beginning and the end of every letter that he ever wrote, which is grace and peace to you guys. We want you to lavish in, in grace, his power working through you, exchanging strength. That's what the idea of grace is, exchanging strength. So just like Paul said at the beginning and ending of every letter that he ever wrote, grace and peace to you guys. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. We love you. Good night. Good night. You guys love you.